Welcome to the Modernizer Die Podcast, CFML News Edition, where we keep you up to date with everything going on in the Cold Fusion community. We'll share the latest news on events, releases to engines, frameworks, libraries, and tools, as well as spotlighting quality content from the community. Hello, and welcome to the Modernizer Dies podcast, CFML News Edition. I'm Eric Peterson, and I'm joined today by Matthew Clemente. Hey, Matt, how you doing? Doing really well, and excited to be here. Thanks for having me. Absolutely. We uh, are continuing our Christmas tradition of having a special guest from the Cold Fusion community, and uh, we've kept it a secret till now, I think. And... Uh, yeah, we're glad to have you. Matt's a developer at Season 4 and is responsible for many a good module, including a lot of API wrappers I enjoy using on Forgebox. So uh, we'd like to thank our sponsor this week, our sponsor, Order Solutions. Uh, Order Solutions is releasing free and paid content every week on our video platform, CFCasts. You can now stream the Coldbox Zero to Hero workshop as a paid subscriber and also check out our 12 modules of Christmas for free at cfcast.com. I was watching some of those. You put those together, right? Yes. Yes, I've been going really? through all of those modules. There's so many modules, it's hard to get it down to 12. So <laughs> we'll talk about those in a minute in our CFcast section. Um, we also want to thank our Patreon supporters. We currently have 33 Patreons covering 57% of the funding for this podcast. Thank you so much. If you love our podcast and what we do in the open source community, you can consider chipping in at patreon.com slash order solutions. Okay, let's get to some of the news for this week. We had a few releases. Uh, the first one, um, I'm going to make fun of Brad for this one. It's command box 5.2.1. And the reason I'm going to make fun of Brad for it is because he has new features in a patch release. Oh, come on, Brad! Going, going against your, your very strict <laughs> rules there. Very strict Semvar rules. That's all good. Uh, but it's I, fun to tease Brad anyway. I did like. I noticed the uh, the tab completion inline uh, as a new feature, and I enabled that immediately because uh, I, I really like how that looks. It was a nice nice little touch there. Didn't see that coming. Yeah, I, that's one of those great um, benefits of building on top of open source. I believe that was just given to us from JLine. So <laughs> we updated JLine, nice. and all of a sudden, hey, nice. you can do this inline stuff. <laughs> yeah. So yeah, uh, some notable changes are the new tab completion. Uh, you can have an inline mode that shows it as you type. Um, here, I'll switch over and show you what that looks like here. Um, additionally, you can log out of Forgebox if you're dealing with multiple Forgebox instances, if you have one on-premise. And you, there is more debugging information for the new server profiles. So that's the feature that let you lock down your command box servers by default just by giving it a production profile. So Very nice. And lastly, there's a new single server mode that you're going to want to read up with if you use command box and Docker that just gets rid of some of the... Um, the extra weight the command box has to manage multiple servers where you don't need that in a, in a Docker environment. So it looks we, like- uh, Yeah, we use command box and Docker, so I'm gonna have to uh, dive in and explore that. That's pretty awesome. 
So there's some other bug fixes and improvements you can check out, and you can check that out uh, on the Order Solutions blog. There was another release this week from an Ordis product, and that is Command Box 6.2 and its subsequent patch 6.2.1, because you don't get away from patch releases when you're as big as Coldbox. <laughs> <laughs> so a lot of the benefits in this one uh, come down to the async manager that was released in Coldbox 6. And uh, we have some numbers for you, but I want to save that for our tweet section. Um, but a lot of performance improvements with async, with some rendering improvements, and also the whoops error template that came in. We've slimmed that down a lot as well. Um, then one of my favorites here showing the screen again is the new test dependency injection, which is your test cases that extend the cold box based test case now are auto wired for you when you add the auto wire annotation. Um, prior to that, it wasn't, you could do it all for yourself and before all, I can't tell you the number of times I created my own base test case that auto wired the file that was there just cause I always do this. So it's fun to see it inside test box now. Nice. Okay. Uh, I know this was talked about last week on the podcast, but Advent of Code 2020 is still going on. Uh, Matt, have you done any of the Advent of Code? I, this you know what? I haven't. Um, I I wish I had. I probably should have live streamed some. I've been a little swamped. I literally today I signed up to to dive into some of those. Um, it's like uh, Code Wars, but more fun in some ways. <laughs> yeah, I, I know there's like a leaderboard aspect to it, but I've always ignored it. Yeah, yeah. Um, I, in the past, I've tried using it to try out new like programming languages or frameworks. Um, this year, I just kept it simple and stuck with CFML, but did it in task runners. So it's all Ooh, command very box. Cool. Very cool. How many, um, how, many, how many have you done? Are you, are you caught up? No, I got to day 10 and part two, just kind of made my mind hurt and I just never came back. So I'm like a, <laughs> a, couple, a couple weeks behind now. So, but uh, nice. it's, I know that a lot of people do, like you say, live stream them. I could go look up kind of a way to do it and adapt it, but it, yeah, it, easy to get busy in this season. So I feel good that I got through 10. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Infinitely more than I did. So nice. <laughs> Okay, well, there is still time to do it. You can sign up at adventofcode.com slash 2020. You can also join us in the CFMO Slack. There is a, uh, I think it's still called Friday Puzzles <laughs> channel, but that's where we've been talking about different Advent of Code things. Oh. So. I got to get in there. Okay. Let's move to our next section. We have our CFCast content updates. And boy, do we have some content updates this week. <laughs> uh, we launched our 12 modules of Forgebox Christmas last week, coinciding with the 12 days of Christmas. And we're up to, I mean, how many days left till Christmas? I think there's three more. Three more. So... Um, there are 10 videos up there right now. 
covering different modules in the ForgeBox ecosystem. I'm showing you now um, a sampling of those with Box Ngrok, Cores, Hyper. Um, there's something for everybody in here. And again, this is all free. Merry Christmas from Ordis. <laughs> we hope you enjoy that. Uh, additionally, there's been some new entries in the Coldbox Hero, uh, sorry, Zero to Hero workshop, and even a new What's New in Quick video. So lots to go look at in CFCast this week. Again, that is a wonderful way you can support us and what we do at Order Solutions is by signing up for a subscription there. Okay, conferences. Awesome. Let's move on there. Um, I'm, I'm still surprised sometimes how many conferences we have here at the end of the year. Um, <laughs> yeah. So if you missed it, GitHub had a conference December 8th through 10th, and you can go to their website, githubuniverse.com, and uh, watch them on demand. So um, it was interesting. I We use GitHub a lot for our open source pro projects and I was mostly interested in the improvements to GitHub Actions. Do they have uh, any any specific announcements about it? I, I didn't get to watch. Uh, nothing like mind blowing, but we've just been kind of jumping ship from Travis over, and yeah. uh, it, it's been nice. There's definitely some improvements for GitHub Actions, and uh, so Thanks. I, for one, welcome our new Microsoft overlords. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> uh, another conference that just happened was the AWS reInvent conference. If you remember, that was the one that was literally 18 days long. So kind of crazy. <laughs> um, what's even crazier is when I went to see if they had like uh, videos on demand, they have a three more days coming up in January that they just added. Wow. So I guess that says something about AWS that you can't fit the content in 18 days. You need 21. Yeah. <laughs> so it's easy to get lost in AWS and I guess AWS reinvent as well. Yes. <laughs> so if, again, if you're in the AWS world, there's three more days coming January 12th through the 14th in 2021 uh, and that is a free conference so okay and uh, last conference we want to mention another in case you missed it into the box latam happened at the beginning of december it was a live virtual conference in spanish and english and portuguese three languages and we had about 150 people attending, and it is coming to CFCast soon. So we are looking forward to that. Okay. On to the blogs, tweets, and videos of the week. We'll start with one uh, from Charlie, who... It titles it what CF twenty twenty one give it CF twenty twenty one taketh away. Um and it's talking about some features that were announced with twenty twenty one that seem to be either not there or not documented. Or formerly formerly documented. Or form 
no longer documented. I didn't know if he if he ever got an official response on that. That was kind of interesting that documentation disappeared. Right. I think was that the 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 AWS serverless stuff and some of the bcrypt functions. Um, I guess yeah. they still the the they they work, but the documentation is gone for now. Interesting. Yeah, I, I definitely know the bcrypt stuff is there because we had to uh, uh, do some changes to the coldbox bcrypt module <laughs> to make it not run into clashes. So uh -huh. interesting. So yeah, if you're working on stuff with the AWS Lambda or serverless integration, the new bcrypt scrypt stuff, like um, just know that there seems to be some either on hold or docs missing. And you can take a look at it on Charlie's blog post. Yeah, Charlie said no official, no official response on that yet. Got it. Interesting. Okay, well, hopefully we get a response and uh, we will let you know. Looks like next we've got a blog post by Robert Zender. And I hadn't read Robert's blog. Um, about uh, quickly converting XML to JSON using um, org.json.xml with ColdFusion. And he said he's, he's used this before. Um, it's, just, it's a very short post with a handy parse function that in XML and uh, transforms it to JSON for you. Um, so it's a handy function there. I've never used this approach. Unfortunately, I haven't had to work too much with XML recently. <laughs> Right. <laughs> uh, but it seems like that could be um, that could be really handy if you need to make that uh, that transformation. Yeah, I was impressed with this blog post because a lot of the times I don't look to Java as quick as I should. Um, the reason this yeah. one's so short is this is a built-in Java thing. It's a one-liner, and yeah. uh, sometimes I forget that. Like Cold Fusion has that full power. I don't have to go write like a xml parser to no, that's <laughs> what i would end up doing and yeah no there's, there's a better way right so that's awesome thank you robert for that uh that blog post and that parser function okay our next one is a video uh, it's a video podcast from TerraTech interviewing rakshith on the cold fusion team it is uh cold fusion 2021 revealing details on how it was created so if you'd like to get some of the, you know, inside baseball for the decisions that went into 2021, um, you you can, and what well, even some things on the future roadmap for 2021, you can check out that video on the TerraTech yeah, website. It, it seems, I didn't get to watch it, but he has all the, all the notes on what they discussed. And it seems like they went over a lot, pricing and roadmap and, and all sorts of stuff about about it. So it seems like there's a lot there. Absolutely. Okay. All right. Um, looks like next we have Charlie's blog post on the uh, online Cold Fusion Meetup 2020 year in review. Um, and I really like this. I mean, Charlie's done so much with the Meetup this year. Um, They've, uh, this is the 15th year running, 278 total sessions. Um, and I think there's 20, they did 20 meetups this year, um, which has been happening, you know, 
pretty regularly through the course of the year. And he thanks um, Dan Wilson, who helps put together a bunch of them and links to the uh, the recordings in the various sessions. Um, so, well, Dan Wilson and Charlie for all the puts into yeah, and Cold Fusion. Oh. 2020 year all right i was impressed with the 20 that they had that it started in june so this isn't 20 for the whole year it's 20 since june that's quite the pace so great work all righty next up we have a pair of blog posts from ben First one, uh, looking for database performance bottlenecks and optimizations using the Sys schema in MySQL 5.7. So this one, I loved this. I love figuring out SQL performance because we all have to deal with it. And I had never used this Sys schema before. Had you used that before, Matt? No, and it's, this is MySQL specific? I believe so. I actually haven't looked in other database uh, yeah graphs. no no i haven't you, now you're a postgres shop where you're at is that right we're we're yeah we're postgres now used to be sql server now we're postgres and loving it so i assume i would assume there's something similar but i'm used to taking a query and running it through like a an explain you know yeah explain yep. plan all that stuff and kind of <laughs> very scientifically looking for the biggest percentage number and figuring out what that means. Yeah. <laughs> Translating what all the explained steps mean. Exactly. Um, but this is interesting in MySQL, this um, sys schema has things like redundant indexes or unused indexes. There are these views that MySQL populates that you can then query and see different places uh, for performance. Index statistics. Um, this one, very useful. Statements for full table scans. A full table scan means you didn't use an index at all. And so oh, wow. I am excited to use this. I know we have a couple of our Ordis projects running on MySQL. I'm just going to jump in the database and see how bad we're doing and then fix it. <laughs> so um, I hope that something like this does exist for other grammars. Postgres, Oracle, yeah, I'm SQL Server. We've used we've used a tool for tuning our Postgres database, and now I'm blanking on the name of it. I'm trying to I'm trying to look it up now. Okay. It, it seems like some of the info is there. There's definitely stuff out there. It's very cool, though. Thanks, Ben. Alrighty, another uh, Ben post. This one uh, uh, was very interesting. I feel like it went really big. It's not necessarily a cold fusion specific thing, but it's about microservices and monoliths, which yeah. has been a big topic in all of the programming world. I, I see <laughs> there's plenty of people that like to argue one way or the other. I and like, I like when, when Ben tackles these big topics, he, he always qualifies what he's saying and, and does like a pretty, you know, he's not writing a uh, side things. He explains like where he's coming from, why, you know, he sees the world. I think you end up with a more holistic view. It's generally not a, 
you know, it's not clickbait. He's, he's, he's trying, he's trying to break down something almost philosophically. Right. Yeah. The kind of my uh, overview of it is it's not about pro microservices or anti microservices. It's about like what makes sense for this service. And that's what he talks about. I, I believe he says later on in here that, he thinks the biggest disservice that happened to microservices was they were called micro. And micro comes with the connotation of being small and lean and awesome. And um, But what you need is a service that fits its needs. So yeah. unfortunately for programming, there's no silver bullet. Microservices won't save you. Neither will monoliths. Neither will ColdFusion or Node or whatever programming language you want to throw in. It's all about finding the right fit. They should be called right-sized services. <laughs> right. <laughs> I, I, I think that I can see Ben's point. I don't think the moniker is going to catch on, but I no. definitely agree that Micro has, it's trying to make them sound always awesome when you just need to get the right-sized one. So... All right. Well, we have another blog post that... Uh, took an interesting journey for keeping families connected during this COVID pandemic. Um, so, I think, think you'll recognize the name. Uh, it's by you. Uh, this one was from me from today and it's not cold fusion specific, but it, it was kind of, it was fun to write up. Um, we are family. I'm, I'm a big, from a big family. I'm the oldest of eight and uh, we were not together for Thanksgiving so we got smart picture frames and used uh, PipeDream and Twilio and SendGrid um, so that family members could text pictures to a number and everyone's photo frames showed the pictures over the course of the day. So I just kind of walked through, you know, how we got it set it up. And uh, honestly, it was a fun project to put together and it turned out really nice for our family. So I just wanted to, to blog about that. So that's, that's that one. Yeah, I loved it, um, especially because I've used many of these services like Twilio and SendGrid. And um, yeah, even if you're not doing it in Cold Fusion, like these are services that if you're familiar with when it's time, you're going to be able to plug them in. So sounds like a was, fun I, way to do it. Yeah, I mean, like part of my familiarity with the services was writing the Cold Fusion API wrappers. So when I needed right. to you know, read the attachments or attach that and hook into the SendGrid's API. It was because I had already written a wrapper that I that I could piece together the pieces that I needed. Well, I thought that was a pretty awesome blog post and gave me ideas for my, uh, I don't have quite as big a family, but I definitely have a less tech savvy family. So <laughs> that was great. Thanks for that. Okay, this next uh, one is a tweet, and there's some background to it. Uh, React, the JavaScript framework from Facebook, just uh, launched a, a demo. I, I don't know if you call it a demo. Like, their research into data fetching with React server components, which is a strange name, given that React is a client-side library. Um, but it's their <laughs> it's their way to run certain code in a React component only on the server, and you don't even ship the JavaScript to the front end. 
Um, it is interesting, uh, but the most interesting thing and kind of the joke uh, came from this tweet here, <laughs> which I'll show on the screen from Brendan Boyle, um, following this picture of one of these React server components where you can see it is a React component that also does a database query right in there. He says, Cold Fusion is back, baby. <laughs> and um, you can see Brad jumped in too, because Brad has a watch on Cold Fusion, I think. Um, <laughs> but yeah, it's funny how these front end frameworks are really just the pendulum keeps swinging between like everything on the front end, everything on the back end. And it's just like, almost coming back to Ben's post of like, what's the right size for your application? It it was, I mean, Dan's tweet there with the, the database query right there in line and then looping over it with a bunch of LIs. I mean, when I started Cold Fusion, I don't know how many times I wrote this with like select a star from states and then looped over them in a, you know, an LI or a select with a list of states. It, it, it's like beat for beat. Yeah, I almost wish I had taken the time now to rewrite this in like Cold Fusion tags, right? You'd have your CF query, yeah. your UL, a CF loop, and then your LIs. Like, <laughs> yeah, it's, yeah, right there. So, so yeah, everything comes back, and uh, it, it is interesting. There's other frameworks that have been doing this, like in Elixir, Phoenix uh, has a live view. Uh, Laravel and PHP has their live wire, and there are these ideas of the servers doing much more work and just sending what's needed to the client. Uh, the server's doing all the diffing. It's kind of taking that job that we gave front-end JavaScript back. And it will be interesting to see the, the trade-offs, right? I bet that in some cases, one outperforms the other, but not in others. Yeah. So. It, is, it is funny just how much of, of what goes on is, is trend-driven. And the trend yeah. rides one way, and then the trend rides the other way. And, you know, what's old is new again. That's right. So... Cold Fusion is back right now, and then in five years, it will be dead again. So enjoy it while it lasts, everybody. <laughs> okay. Our last blog tweets and video is a set of tweets from the Ordis master himself, Luis Mahano, going over some of the Coldbox asynchronous support. And we talked about it a little bit at the beginning but I wanted to give you some example code that he tweeted out and also some numbers. So this is the most exciting one. He has a benchmark and you can go get the benchmark in the Coldbox test suite showing how just how fast you can get with the async parallel uh, constructs. You might've used Lucy's parallel like for each or map, it's faster than that. You can go through and see all of these and how fast we're getting. Um, that middle one, state injection features with all apply and the custom executor. Um, we're cutting down like five seconds off of a synchronous call. So that's pretty awesome. There's some examples that he has of what you can do with this. Not quite as big a picture as I want. There we go. Um, where in addition to running things in parallel, you can schedule things for the future. So here's a Coldbox app that is scheduling um, for your backup frequency, whatever that is, probably you know a few days. And this will just run that task, run backups on that frequency. You can do this for any of your, your schedules. 
you we are looking at here uh, kind of a race. You would think of this as promise.race, I believe, in JavaScript. But you're throwing off different HTTP requests, and whichever one comes back first, you're good, and you skip the rest. So again, if you've done a lot with promises in JavaScript or Java's async programming, you're going to feel right at home with the cold box asynchronous package. That is very cool. Yeah. And then here we go about an async feed reader. So this is running all five of these feeds um, in parallel. And when it's done, it's printing out the feed title and its its blog posts. So there's a lot of awesome things going on here, helping tame that you know CF thread uh, craziness, uh, digging into Java to use their completable features. It's some pretty awesome stuff. Also, uh, the async stuff is part of Wirebox. So even if you're not using Coldbox, you can install Wirebox to get all of this goodness. Wow. So give you a little sneak peek. I need to get Luis on doing a CFCasts to a series just for the async stuff, because I think that would go really great yeah. with our community. So much to learn. So much to learn. <laughs> Not enough time. <laughs> That's awesome. Okay, that takes us to the end of our blogs, tweets, and videos of the week. And we'll move on to find a job. So there are, as always, we look at getcfmljobs.com. And they have over 60 cold fusion positions from 40 different companies across 31 locations in five countries. Uh, there are five new jobs this week. There is a full-time position, uh, remote or Chicago, for Alpine Home Air pro Products. That one's actually a uh, Stack Overflow jobs. Uh, there's a full-time position with TCS, a Cold Fusion developer at St. Louis, Missouri. A full-time Cold Fusion developer at Zenith System Solutions in Toronto, Ontario, in Canada a full-time hotel planner uh, position at hotel planner at West Palm Beach, Florida, and a full-time position at Aetso Technical, I think, in at Springville, Illinois. Nice. Five jobs. It's great. Um Ordis, I believe still has their uh, blog, their career post up. So if you are interested in working with Ordis, as a senior Cold Fusion developer, you do need to have US time zone availability and either a US citizen or resident or a work visa. Um, but come apply, come work with us. Uh, we're awesome. I said very humbly. Um, <laughs> we'd love to Everybody work with you. Everybody knows too. you're awesome. <laughs> but we'd love to add your awesomeness to the mix. So, okay, that brings us to. The Forgebox module of the week. And as our guest, Matt, we let you pick the module and the VS Code hint, tip, and trick of the week. So turn it over to you. I'm excited here. So the Forgebox module of the week is Command Box Bookmarks by Adam Younes. Sorry if I'm mispronouncing your last name. Um, and what it is, is it's a Command Box custom command that gives you the ability to bookmark directories for quick navigation. 
So if you have a handful of directories that you're frequently navigating to, like I do, um, you can mark them and jump to them quickly. So you, you know, bookmark your downloads folder and then you can quickly go to it, bookmark, go to, and then whatever name you gave that directory. So it's a really handy, quick way of navigating the terminal without having to type out full paths. I mean, you don't even have to use tab completion. Your uh, commonly used directories get bookmarked. You can list them, jump to them. Um, so it's a really handy, handy tool. And also if you wanna write a command box uh, custom command, you could dig into the code here because he's working with the file system, he's working with settings. So it's a pretty neat one to explore from that side too. Yeah, I actually had found this myself in the 12 modules of Christmas, and there's a video about it that you can go watch for free right now, navigating with command box bookmarks. So there's, it is a great package, like you said, um, not having to figure out all those paths or have you know six terminal tabs open because you don't want to change directories. Very useful. Okay, how about our VS Code hint, tip, and trick of the week? Okay, um, this is a little bit different because it is not a uh, extension, um, but it is uh, Caleb Portio's book, Make VS Code Awesome. So you can go to uh, makevscodeawesome.com. Um, and just a little backstory, I think Eric turned me on to this uh, Caleb is a PHP, I think he works with Livewire, yeah, um, he, among other things. He created Livewire. Yeah. He created Livewire. Um, and obviously he's in VS Code all the time. And he, he started writing about the various things that he does to customize VS Code. And it started as, I think, an email uh, newsletter type thing. And I was following that. Um, and they're all these really helpful tips on getting distractions out of your way and setting up VS code so that you can work, you know, just productively. Um, so I followed the emails and then he turned it into a book and it's, it's paid. So, you know, maybe buy it for yourself for Christmas. Uh, but I, I bought it when it came out. Um, and there's these little handy, handy tips. Um, one of the ones is, uh, and it's probably controversial for some people, but like the file navigator, he moves from the left to the right so that it's not constantly jockeying your code. Um, and then he walks you through a bunch of um, key bindings for hiding and getting to not everything that it suggests, but there were so many actionable little pieces in there that I use that have made VS Code even more pleasant to work with. So that's uh, makevscodeawesome.com. Yeah, and I'm gonna put up a VS Code panel right here because Matt said it's controversial to put it on the right and that is incorrect. It is, <laughs> this is the way. Um, uh, as you can this see, is the way. <laughs> putting it up and forth, my code does not jump back and forth. I can do it forever. It just and makes it, a lot of sense. It does. And it feels weird for about a day and then you're over it and you have a great new life. So yeah. this is the way. 
Awesome. Thanks for those, Matt. That brings us here to the end of the podcast, our special Christmas episode. And we are so grateful, Matt, for you joining us. Thanks for coming on. Oh, Thanks for, I'm honored to be here. Thanks for all of your work in the open source ecosystem as well. Uh, where can people find you if they want to hear more from you? People can find me on uh, Twitter, um, mjclemente84, uh, on GitHub, mjclemente, and on the CFML Slack channel. And I blog at blog.mattclemente.com. Feel free to reach out. Awesome. Thank you. And we want to take this chance to thank our Patreon supporters. Again, we couldn't do this without you. You support this podcast as well as our open source initiatives. Um, I'll go ahead and read those because I feel like it'd be rude to make our guests go through these names. So Thank you. <laughs> thank you to Ben Nadal, Brett DeLine, Carl Van Stetten, Charlie Earhart, Dali, Dan Card, Daniel Garcia, David Bellinger, Didier Lesnicki, Don Bellamy, Edgardo Cabezas, Eric Hoffman, Gary Knight, Giancarlo Gomez, Jan Yannick, Jason Diger, Jeff McLean, Jeremy Adams, Jonas Erickson, Jordan Clark, Joseph Lamory, Kai Koenig, Laxma Titrahadi, Mario Rodriguez, Matthew Darby, Matthew Clemente, Mingo Hagen, Ross Phillips, Scott Steinbeck, Sean Odin, Stephen Klotz, Symmatrix, and Yogesh Mathur. Thank you all for supporting us, supporting this podcast, and all that we do at Order Solutions. And I hope all of you have a happy holidays, a safe holidays. We're going to take next week off from the podcast for our own holiday. And so we will see you in the new year. Have a good one. Happy New Year, everyone. Show notes for this episode can be found at cfmlnews.modernizeordie.io, where you can also subscribe to your favorite podcast player like Spotify or iTunes. We also have the link to YouTube to find more videos just like this. The music used in this podcast is under a royalty-free license from Sound.com and Blue Tree Audio.